Stand with me, church. I'm going to do a call to worship. Sometimes these are short. Sometimes these are a little longer. I want to read uh, quite a bit of Psalm 111. I think it might be the whole thing. I'm going to read 10 verses here this morning. I just want us to just really just close your eyes this morning. You don't have to even, it'll be on the screen, but I just want us to just begin to enter into his presence today. It says this, praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. The works of the Lord are great, studied by all who have pleasure in them. His work is honorable and glorious, and His righteousness endures forever. He has made His wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He has given food to those who fear Him. He will ever be mindful of His covenants. He has declared to His people the power of His works in giving them the heritage of the nation. The works of His hands are verity and justice. All His precepts are sure. They stand fast forever and ever and are done in truth and uprightness. He has sent redemption to his people. He has sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. Lord, we just praise you this morning. We worship you this morning. We are so grateful and thankful for your goodness, your faithfulness, your mercy, Lord. So we come before you today. Our hearts turn towards you. We give you praise and honor and glory in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Let's worship. Church, worship will set you free. And as we were worshiping, I just felt like a heaviness. And if you're walking through something that is heavy and you don't know where to look, if you worship, it will set you free. If you look at Jesus on the cross, if you look at him rising from the grave, you will be set free. Everything else will just begin to disappear and to fade away because it cannot compare to him. As we prepare to take communion together, as a body of believers, as a church family, right along with what Al said, because there's one spirit, worship aligns your spirit with the Holy Spirit. Worship aligns, you have the opportunity to align your thoughts, your heart, your emotions with the God of heaven, with the truth. And it is the truth that will set you free. It is only the truth. He is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. I tell you all to raise your hands, but every hand in the place would go up, even my kids, if I asked, have you tried something else to ease the pain, to make the journey easier, to find the way through? If you've, We've all tried other things. In our house, we're a big fan of productivity. 
We just work hard. We just keep working hard. And that gets you a lot of praise. <laughs> and that's good too. But at some point, it all crumbles. It all stops working. And you just left. You just left with the same mess you were trying to work around. And there's Jesus. He's never left us. He'll never forsake us. He says, it's me. It's always been me. I'm the way. And so, church, as we take communion, the table of communion is the believer's celebration. It's where we, we step into the grace and we step into the power of the blood of Jesus. We didn't earn it. We don't deserve it. We can never deserve it. The table is where we come and we step into it. This supernatural giving and impartation of grace for free. And it's for the believer, for those who have put their trust in Jesus and Jesus alone. It's like, I can see y'all. I'm going to dismiss you in a minute and you're going to come and you're going to come straight down at the tables and you're going to take your elements and you're going to circle back around. But as you do it, leave, leave during the walk, leave all that you rely on so that when you get to the table, you've, you've left, your hands are empty and you just partaking of only Jesus this morning. Let everything else fall away. Is only Jesus this morning. His words, his way. He is the way. He is the truth and he is the life. And no one gets to the Father except through him. So I dismiss you now. Um, If you're a guest, you know, you just come up and you circle back around to your seats. The elements on the plate are gluten-free, so that's there for you if you're gluten-free. And as always, you're going to hold on to your elements until you get back to your seat, and we're going to partake of communion together this morning. There have been times in our journey and my journey where, like a child, I just had to go back to the Word and I just had to do it literally. You know, sometimes we get too big for our britches in life and in the Spirit and it's just like, I'm an adult. I need to, I don't act that way. You know, I know better now. But sometimes in the Word and in the Spirit, I had to get like a little child. And I had to go into Isaiah where it says, Um, He will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is fixed on him. And so I would would come under such anxiety and such dis-ease in my soul and in my mind and my emotions. And I would just have to focus in on Jesus. I mean, I, I I would, it wasn't vain repetition. So be careful of that. It wasn't that, it just was okay, I'm not going to think about this person who's mad at me and how to handle it. God, I just am going to think about Jesus. Jesus who loves me. Jesus who died. Jesus who came. He came. You think we get emotional on regular basis. Wait till you see us at Christmas because he came. 
I can't wait to go. Sometimes I was upset that I even had to come. You know, no one asked you, no one asked your permission. Like, do you want to be born? Do you want to have a life? And I don't know if you can relate, but sometimes it's been so hard and it's been so dark that I've been angry. Like I never even wanted to be here. No one asked my permission. And now I'm stuck. I'm eternal. I can't do anything about it. I'm going to live forever one way or the other. I mean, I don't know if it's ever been that dark for you, but it's been that dark for me. He was like, whoa, girl. He came. He came for us. And he made a way for us. So in that dark place, or even in that mountaintop moment, I love those, I love those seasons. Even in those seasons, let's fix our eyes on Jesus this morning, church, as we take communion. I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to focus in on who he is. Jesus, 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 son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus, on what he's done for you. What he's done for you. Has he picked you up a time or two? Has he brushed you off? Has he said, I'm with you. I am for you and I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Has he spoken words of comfort to your grieving heart? That's Jesus. Jesus. Father, we lay our hearts open to you this morning. Father, I ask that you would shine light into every space. Father, and we stand before you naked, naked. We're hiding nothing. Father, I pray that you would have your way, that you would clear out the clutter of our hearts. Father, that you would open our eyes to see those things that we are partnered with that lead us in the ways of death. Father, we are blind. We have areas of blindness. God, will you open our eyes that we can turn away from sin, that we can break partnerships that we have with sin. God, show us so that we can walk in the ways of life, so that we can repent, we can turn into you. We can lean into you, Father. We can walk in your ways. That we can walk in the fullness of joy. Because sometimes, God, sometimes I'm not feeling it. I want to feel it. I want to live the promise. God, I pray you would open our eyes this morning as we partake of communion this morning. God, will you purify us with your blood, with the blood of Jesus? And will you heal us, mind, body, soul, with the bread, with with his body broken for us? Father, we ask in the name of Jesus this morning that as we partake of these elements, that we would step into greater depths and levels and measures of your love this morning and of freedom in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. The Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it. 
He said, take ye, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. same manner he also took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes let us partake father we thank you we worship you this morning we invite you we invite you into our spaces Lord into our deep, dark places, Father God. Have your way in this place today, in your precious name. Amen. Stand with me, church. We're going to continue to worship. To go along with El's word, if you came in feeling that heaviness, I would encourage you this morning to cut. The altar is open. Just come up front and worship the risen Savior. Worship the King of Kings. Focus your eyes on him and let him do the work. So if that's you today, if that word was from you, I just pray that you would just come up front this morning during this song. Jesus is beautiful. And he gives and he gives and he gives. He does not take from you. I don't know who needs to hear that today, but he is not going to take from you. Anything you do not willingly surrender. So if you've been praying and asking him, take this from me. If he hasn't, it's your hands that need to open. And there's this place, there's this place of surrender, truly giving up, where you have to get to. And it really is, the, the battle in the journey is getting there, is, is getting past our own fight and getting to that place where you say, everything I know is nothing. Everything I've done is nothing, God. Won't you move? Won't you come? Won't you show me? Because everything I have is not enough. Everything I know Lead me, God, according to your word and according to who you are. If you were here last week, I stood up here and I told you all I didn't want to come to church. I was struggling, had on my, my comfort sweater and my Converse happy shoes, and I stood up here, the call to worship with my mug of coffee. I mean, I was struggling. And I went into worship and I prayed with such desperation into something that is more important to me than anything else on this planet. And I was at a point where it's like, I have nothing. All that I've tried, all my, all my godly wisdom, all my earthly wisdom, all my good girl things, all my bad girl things, all, all, the, all of me things that I thought might be effective to move this thing, it's does not working. And I worshiped and I prayed. And then I moved throughout the day carefully, waiting. With my eyes and my ears tuned to heaven, 
Because it's like, I've just poured myself out. I got nothing. So there's nowhere else for me to look. But to him, all the escape I've tried hasn't fixed it. I'm being honest. I'm not going to tell you what it was, but I'm being honest. Everything I tried, nothing has fixed it. And he's shaking his head because he knows. But I poured my heart out to the Lord. And I walked throughout the day carefully. And there were things that happened during that day that I didn't do. Conversations that came carefully. That there was a turning, it was a turning point in that situation. It was a turnaround in that situation. And I saw it happen before my very eyes. So when L comes up and has a word from the Lord that says, oh, there you are, that says worship changes, can change, it can change everything. But what it does is it changes us. It opens our heart. We begin to lay it down and to surrender. And that song, it talks about break down the walls of all my religion and shake up my traditions. Do you know all that, what religion is? Is it a set of rules and systems designed to bring salvation? Okay? So, and it leads to nothing. It leads to death, the same death as everything else, because Jesus isn't in it. So that song is so powerful. And our traditions. Do you traditionally get mad when your husband does X, Y, Z? Well, then do something different. Choose a different way. And that anger rises up. Be like, yeah, that doesn't work. Lord, lead me. Help me. What do I do instead? You won't like what he tells you. He never tells you to do something easy. Rarely. Rarely. One time he forced me to go on vacation. That was a good one. But it was still hard. Church, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. And it is laying down and it is surrendering our ways to salvation. Productivity, looking good on the outside. The Lord is doing something. He is moving. The Spirit of God is moving. And I'm only going to speak to this congregation because this is, oh, this is the congregation over which we've been given authority. He is moving and he is, he is asking us, how long, church, how long will you be content with the garbage in the basement? How long will you be content with the mold and the mildew on the, the cardboard boxes of the things you've been keeping for some day because they make you feel safe? Am I not your safety, says the Lord? Have I not proven myself to you time and time again, says the Lord? Will you not trust me? My child, my child, what more can I do to show you my heart? What more can I do to show you that I am for you? I have made the way. Come to me, you are weary, and I will be your rest, says the Lord. Church, it's time. It's time. I don't know what's coming, but something's coming where we need our foundation to be swept clean, to be strong and mighty in the Lord so that we can treat others well. That's what the Holy Spirit is saying. 
so that we can treat others well. So I don't know what's coming, but is what's coming going to turn us so that we want to rip each other's throats out? Have we had a little bit of that? Have we had a little bit of experience with that? I think we have. 2020 changed everything. And boy, did it shine a light on the, on the church. Did it shine a light on how people can get So church, he will no longer, he's not content. His question to us this morning is how long will you be content with the clutter and the garbage in the basement? It is time to clean it out. It's not a job anyone wants to do. We are physically, literally cleaning out our storage area right now. And oh, how the Lord is speaking to me. He is speaking to me. He we're, we're physically doing this right now, and I'm struggling. I, I said, Lord, I understand why this job has gone undone for so long. Because the more I press in to take it over the finish line, the more things come against me in the spirit. There is something that he is doing about physically cleaning out the clutter. And we're not even clutter people. You couldn't, even, you couldn't do like a hoarder show at our house. I get rid of stuff all the time. But as I physically, as we physically push into being obedient in this, in the physical realm, all of this spiritual and emotional, marital, parenting, just everything just seems to be getting up in a whirlwind. And I believe, I believe it's because this is something that is so important in the physical, but also in the spiritual realm. And the, one of the hardest things for me is that he has called our attention to the, the auxiliary places. The garage, the basement, the laundry room. These are areas that if you came into my home, you wouldn't see them. And I keep our home. It's a joy to keep our home. I love it. I love it. And I keep it nice, and I'm good at organizing, and I don't keep junk. But while we're cleaning out the clutter and while we're in those auxiliary spaces, while we're finding, I found a pair of mildewed little boy shoes yesterday. There's alligator shoes. Man, I'm cleaning them up. They're a keepsake. I'm not letting them go. Um, so there's yicky stuff that I'm finding. But while I'm doing that, all the nice spaces are a hot mess. Because I'm not attending to the outside, what people would see, what I can see. And it has been so hard for me to come up out of the basement and look around. And it's like the house is like a bomb went off. I like physically begin to shake. And the Lord is like, just go take a shower. It'll be okay. Your outer might fall apart, but he's doing work on the inside church. We are not interested in a church full of people who sit out here and look holy and clean and fresh. If 50% or more of you were up here, snot, tears, weeping. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He wants to get into your nooks and crannies, church. And if you keep your focus on Jesus in the midst of it, and that's the key, abandon self-salvation, abandon your, your, your own ways and traditions of saving yourself, of presenting yourself, of healing yourself, which isn't possible, and let him get messy. Let him in to those spaces 
This is a, I started the, I started worship with this. I'm going to end it with this. This is a safe space for that. And he's doing it for our good church. He's doing it to prepare us. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. I just want to close this time of worship just reading a scripture out of Romans. Because I think why he wants to do those things is because he loves us. And we have to be persuaded 100% to lay those guards down and trust in him because of who he is. And it says this, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So Father, we thank you for your love. Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice and your resurrection. Father, we just commit to you, Father, all the things. All the things, Lord, we commit them to you. Give you honor and praise and glory for it. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, it's at this time that we take a little bit of a break to do some business. Um, Some of that business is tithes and offerings. Um, Guys, you are a giving church, and we are so thankful for that. Um, So there will be buckets up here for your tithes and offerings. Bible talks about being a cheerful giver. That's a process. It's harder for some of us than for others. It's harder for some of us than for others. But um, we grow. We grow in giving. And he's given all of it to us, and we give like 10% back to him, it is nothing. It's nothing. Um, So thank you for being obedient. Thank you for being a giving church. Um, It's a blessing. Uh, More business that we do is we welcome guests. If this is your first time with us, we welcome you. Um, It is our prayer and our hope that you experience Jesus, that he changes your whole life, your whole life, every part every part, um, and that you come to know him in this place this morning. So welcome. On the back of the seat, there's a a card. That card is for prayer requests and praise reports for testimonies. If you're a first timer, you could put your email on that card and we will send you a welcome email that will um, just give you information. It'll connect you with our website. Um, You can sign up for emails, which we send like one a month maybe. Um, But there's a way to connect. There's also more information about our church out at the column in the lobby. That will give you, if you don't want to say hi to people during the break, introverts, you know, the bathrooms are out there and to the left. You can go hide there. I've done it so many times. There's also the column where there's information about the church. You can study it so that no people don't talk to you. (laughs) Introvert 101. Um, So there's information about the church there as well. Um, Kids, nursery, ages zero to three, and littles, ages four, five, and six, are out the door and all the way to the right. Um, Drop-off time is now for the littles. Also, we have Kid Corner. If you're an older, if you have an older child, like seven and up, we have sermon bags. Has stuff in there for them to play with and to do that keep their hands busy while Pastor Jason is preaching. Um, And their ears are always listening, so it's really cool what, what... you know, they come home with. Um, So let's take care of the kids. Let's take care of our giving and greet one another, and then we'll come back.
Okay, friends, wrap it up, tuck it in, get back in your seats. All right, let's see. Announcement number one, there is no women to women this week. What, ladies? You're not having like a big Thanksgiving? You have like a big meal to cook or something? All right, yeah, Wednesday is the night before Thanksgiving, so these ladies are going to be doing what they do. So no women to women this week. Um, Announcement number two is that the Luciano Small Group is meeting tonight. Um, They meet every third Sunday. It's right here in the sanctuary at 630. It's for all ages. Um, So come on out to the sanctuary tonight if you are interested. Um, It is a teaching group. It is solid. If you want to grow in the word, which is brings safety to you, okay, church, knowing the word keeps you safe. That's all I'm going to say. It keeps you safe against the deception of the enemy because he is a skillful teller of lies. So come learn um, and enjoy uh, that group tonight at 630. Uh, Last announcement is that the word for you today is available, um, the December, January, February edition. Uh, The word for you today is a devotional. It's really a great one. It's, it's super short. Um, you can put it in the bathroom. You can give it to people because it's just very accessible. It's not like, uh, it's, not, it's not a tough meal to digest each day. It's a lovely little nugget for the morning. So I encourage you to pick one of those up on the back table. I'd also like to clarify that Jason and I do not write the devotional. We support this ministry by distributing the devotionals, um, but they do put our picture in the front with a little message from us, and I tried to make it clear in the message, like, we're happy to, to distribute this, but over and over, people are like, oh, that devotional you wrote is amazing. <laughs> oh, goodness, no. So enjoy the devotional, pick it up, uh, give one to a friend. It's a great resource. All right, Pastor Jason. All right, Um, one, two, uh, how many know that God's still moving in miracle power, amen? Amen, I know I was just talking with Charles at the break, he's got a miracle testimony from the Lord, I encourage you to ask him about it after church today, but God miraculously healed his eyes uh, to allow him to witness and then have a wonderful blessed trip with his family to Disney World, so God is just, he's so good and he is so faithful um, amen? Amen. I have a quick scripture here over the offering here before we get into the word. It's out of 2 Corinthians uh, verse nine, or chapter 9, verse 11. It says this, while you are enriched in everything, listen, enriched in everything. So the previous scripture, we're talking about how God is the one who gives. He gives the seed to the sower. And then he talks about this, that we are enriched in everything. And this, um, this word here means to give generously. So we can give, we are enriched in everything so that we can give generously. Amen? Which causes thanksgiving through us to God. So when God loves a cheerful giver, really, when we give, it's actually a joy for us as well. And we give thanks to God because we're just distribution centers. And what God gives to us, we're able to give back to others and to his church and to see his, his, really his kingdom expand throughout the nations. Amen? Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, for uh, this time of fellowship today. Father, of bringing us together as your church, as your bride, Lord. Father, I just pray for every giver and gift today, Father, that you would bless and anoint 
uh, these tithes and offerings, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we will be debt-free in the name of Jesus. Lord, that you are moving and working in our personal lives, in our personal finances, and in the, and in the ministry finances as well for one purpose, Father God, is to see your kingdom expand and to grow, Father God, and for us to be uh, relieved of the burden Father God, of debt, and Father God, of all that heaviness that comes with it, Lord, that you are releasing that, Father, to see your will move and be in this earth, Lord. We thank you for it. Lord, I just pray over this message today that you continue to bless this series. In your precious name we pray. Amen? Amen. Okay, well, if you're new here, uh, we are doing a series on the Sermon on the Mount. So the Sermon on the Mount is uh, basically in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and the very first part of 7. And what the Lord has spoken to, to us about is just to really walk through the Sermon on the Mount verse by verse, scripture by scripture, or passage by passage, and don't skip anything. So if you were here the past couple weeks, you will recognize and know that we didn't skip anything. We talked about adultery, we talked about divorce, we talked about things that we don't usually talk about at church. So if you miss any of those, I just encourage you to go to our Spotify account or uh, anywhere where you can... Um, kind of listen to messages and, and take a look at those. But today we're at the next passage of scripture in Matthew 5, starting in verse 33. And the title today is Yes and No. Yes and No. These are like very, very simple words, are they not? Very simple. We got yes, which is three letters. We've got no, which is two letters. And these words actually mean so much, and there's so much behind them. And Jesus talks about them, and we're going to look at those here in a minute to see what did Jesus mean? What did he talk about? We were talking about promises or oaths or our yeses and our noes. What does that mean in the context of being a believer? So let's read through that, and we're going to unpack some of that this morning. <clears throat> Matthew 5, starting verse 33. Again, you have heard it. That it was said to those of old, <clears throat> you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black, let your yes be yes and your no be no, for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Oof. So that's some tough passages. We're going to focus a little bit on the front half, and then I'll spend most of the time on the back half of this. So let's go back to verse 33. It says this. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. And I, I kind of titled this little passage here called Promises, Promises. Yeah? How many of you know what a promise is? Oh, yeah. There are promises out there. And I'll give a little story about the Ackerman household and what that means. But in the Old Testament, there's teaching over and over and over about keeping our oaths and not to swear falsely. And then what the Pharisees were doing, and Jesus was addressing this in this passage of Scripture, is that there were these legal loopholes that they were trying to manipulate things with. How many ever know of the legal loopholes that maybe sometimes we try to go? I'll give you a fun one. Somebody calls on the phone and you don't want to talk to them and your spouse answers the phone. Oh, hello. Oh, hi, so-and-so. And you do one of those, I'm in the bathroom. And you run to the bathroom 
so as to not be lying, right? And then you jump in the bathroom and shut the door. And then you hear your spouse say, I'm sorry, he's in the bathroom. He'll have to call you, which is an honest statement, right? And so these are these things that we do, and that's a funny one, but there are things we do in our lives in which we try to manipulate or create these loopholes around. Look, I work in the business world as well. And we are in like these, we're in these contract negotiations with another company, and there's verbiage in there that says this company will pay all costs. A-L-L. Now, how many of you have any confusion over what all means? Well, I will tell you what. It is amazing how two different parties can interpret the word all very differently. I mean, I'm talking about legal battles and, like, threats, and you're like, it just says all. It seems so simple. But we change and we manipulate things and we stretch things. Well, that's not really what I meant by all. What? what? What else could you possibly have meant by all? Right? Brother Paul knows this, right? In these legal contracts and building a home, there's all these things. You shall do this, and you shall do this, and you shall do this, and you have to do those things. And you better do it, right? And so there's these, these things out there, these legal loopholes that the Pharisees were trying to like manipulate around. And I'm going to show you a couple of what they were trying to go do. But Jesus, what Jesus is saying is here, don't try to trick words around. If you say you're going to do something, then do it. And in our home growing up, it was something called, uh, if somebody in our household promised something, it absolutely had to be done. Now, so, and I'm going to talk a little bit about this later. So all of our words, no matter what we say, we should be people of our word. But when I was growing up, it was just like, you know, can I have a lollipop later? You know, my mom was just, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, 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 sure. And then when the time came time for the lollipop, it was like, well, no. It's right before dinner. You can't have a lollipop. And you're just like, whoa, what's going on here? I thought you said I could have a lollipop, and now I can't have a lollipop. So what I would begin to do growing up is I would say, Mom, do you promise me that I can have a lollipop later? And she'd be like, well, well, but like, I knew it. I knew it. So what you were saying was just, eh, it was just to try to get me to go away or do so. And what Jesus is saying is he wants our words to be our words. And that we, that God sees everything that we're saying. and He sees everything that we're speaking out. And so what he wants to do is, yes, there are these promises in, the, in, our, in our household. And yes, it's important sometimes we have to make a promise because we have to commit ourselves to do it. But don't say, I promise, unless you can deliver. In fact, many of the things we have to watch the words that we say. How many of we know this? We have to watch the words that we say. In parenting, oh, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. It's like you have to be careful of the words that you say. Kids will try to get us to say this all the time. They say, oh, can you promise, can you promise, can you promise? Because they know that when we promise, it's like an oath to them. Verse 34 says this, but I say to you, don't swear at all. So now Jesus is saying, just don't swear at all. Neither by heaven, for it's God's throne, nor by earth, for it's his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it's the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. And so what Jesus was doing to the Pharisees here is they were looking for the legal loopholes. Like, well, you know, I won't actually swear to God or swear to the Lord. What I'll do is I'll swear uh, by God's, what about by heaven? But guess where God's throne is? In heaven. 
Well, how about maybe I'll just swear by the earth? And what Jesus says, hey, no, -uh, can't do that either, for that's his footstool. Well, how about by Jerusalem? I'll just swear by Jerusalem. No, 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 no. I know we don't talk that way anymore, but this is what God is trying to explain to us. For it's the city of the great king. And then he starts saying, how about you swear by your head? How many see our heads? Yeah? There's not much I can do about what's going on up here. Okay? I mean, there are things you can do, you know, but really at the end of the day, you can't swear by anything because it's in God's hands. My body, my life is in God's hands. He is the one. So when we think about it, so what Jesus is talking about here, that when we make an oath, when we do something that makes it, it actually weakens the truth. How many of you, th think about that for a second. When we actually make an oath or we make a promise that we say, oh, well, I will promise to do that. We're actually weakening the truth because it's saying, well, does everything else that you're saying not really matter? Is all those other words that are coming out of your mouth, things that don't really care, do you not really mean them or really believe them? Think about it. The only reason that an oath exists is because lies exist. Gone are the time of the business handshake and say, yeah, sure. I promise to pay all the costs. No, you have to have a 75-page legal document that has to be reviewed by all these different people because of what? Because lies exist and trickery exists and there's different nuances of different things in which people do. If everyone, everywhere, always told the truth, there'd be no need for oaths. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago within marriage. I mean, when you got married, you stand up and gave your, gave your wedding vows. You said, I commit to do these things. And then how many of you know, like two weeks into it, you're like, wow, why, I can't believe I committed to do those things. Like, this is really uncomfortable. I'm not happy right now. I don't want to do those things. But you committed to do those things, right? And so this is, these, we live in this world, so we have, to, we have to understand that our flesh wants to really go against those things. So here's Dietrich Bonhoeffer. I have another quote from him. It's not, on the, not up there, but I'll say this. It says, the Old Testament condemned the lie by the use of the oath. But Jesus, in these passages, destroys the lie by forbidding oaths altogether. The oath must go since it's only a protection for the lie. Ooh. That's good. I mean, that, that's a smart man right there. That's good stuff. And the reason why he's saying that is, is that God is always a witness to what you say. He's always a witness to what you say. So Jesus absolutely destroys this, and he goes, and he completely says, hey, you can't think about this anymore. You can't swear by heaven, because it's God's throne. You can't swear by earth, because it's his footstool. You can't swear by Jerusalem, because that's his city. And he completely destroys all of that. And what, how many, we've, actually, Pastor Liz talked about it before. Jesus really came to destroy religion. We have all these religions, and we don't realize that Jesus actually came to destroy this thought of religion. Because Jesus always goes after the truth. He is all about the truth. And he always goes after the truth. And he wants us to be truthful in the words that we say as well. So let's move to verse 37. And I want to spend some time here. Because I think it's important for us to, to take a look at this, this last verse for a minute. It says this. But let your yes be yes. And your no, no. For whatever is more then these is from the evil one. Oof. Let your yes be yes. So what Jesus is saying here is your yes and your no should be sufficient. 
How many of you know as parents we do the old flip-flop? Right? I was talking about it with a lollipop. But we flip-flop all the time. You know, can you have screen time? Sure, you can have screen time. Wait, wait, no, you can't have screen time. Wait, we're just about to leave. And now you don't have your shoes on. What's going on? Where are your shoes? Well, Dad, you said I could have screen time. And like we begin to have these issues because we're not firm on our yeses and our noes. We see this all the time. And what the Bible is talking about here is that it even says that Satan there, who is the father of lies. And so I call this yes and no. There's two issues here. The first issue is indecision. How many of you can be sometimes plagued by indecision? I'll raise my hand for you. Yeah? And I think of indecision as the squirrel in the middle of the road. Okay, you'll remember this sermon by every time you see the squirrel in the middle of the road, it comes out and goes back. It comes out and goes back. And you're like, you're not even slowing down. Like, I'm coming 40 miles an hour, and I, I, like, I can't swerve. I can't get around. Like, you need, to, you need to do something. You need to decide. You need to decide. And, you say, choo -choo, choo -choo, and then you go... Right? How many of you do this as you drive past? <sighs> I didn't feel anything. You know? Or sometimes you drive by and you go, oh. And you do your little rear view mirror, like one eye, like, oh, please, I hope it just took care of it right away. Right? And you, and you do the little one eye thing. But it's just this life of indecision that we get ourselves wrapped up into. And even as Christians, we do it as well. Because we're like, well, does the Lord want me to do that? Hmm, should I go to the grocery store? Should, does the Lord want me to go to the grocery store? I don't know. Is there food in the house? No. So yes, go to the grocery store. Right? But we get plagued with this indecision in life. And we're just like, and what the Lord is trying to tell us and show us, like, look, what is the reason? And this is what we've been talking about in the previous passages of Scripture, the same thing. We have to trust in the Lord. What is the reason why we're being indecisive? And we have to ask the Lord that. Because sometimes there's a very valid reason as to why we're being indecisive. And we have to ask the Lord, what is it? Here's some questions that I put up there that we can really begin to look at or to ask ourselves. What is the root of this indecision? Is it fear? Maybe you're like, I just don't know if I can switch this job right now. I just don't know if I can do it. I feel like the Lord's leading me to do it, but I just, I, I just, I'm not sure if this is, this is God's plan or his purpose. I'm a little worried about this new company. I'm worried about the boss. I'm worried about this. I'm worried about that. And you begin to, if you begin to think and ask questions about what's actually happening, why are you the squirrel in the middle of the road? What are you, you're trying to go somewhere and you're stuck between two different places and you start bouncing back and forth. So what is it? What is the actual thing that is making you be indecisive? Like the, the, the going to the grocery store is kind of a funny example, but there are really serious things that happen in people's lives that the Lord wants us to be confident in our decisions and let our yes be yes and our no be no and to move forward. And the way the Bible talks about this, and we've talked about this before, it could be worry, it could be lack of self-confidence, it could be hurt from the past, it could be any of these things, but here's what it says in James for us. James 1, verse, starting in verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. If you're the squirrel in the middle of the road this morning, let's ask God for wisdom. Because he is the one who provides it. It says he'll give it to all liberally without reproach and it will be given to him. Which means no matter what happened this morning, no matter how you got yourself into the middle of the road. Maybe, you, maybe it was a sin. Maybe it was this issue. Maybe it was that issue. 
Whatever it was on why you're in the middle of the road, the Bible says, ask the Lord for wisdom and he'll give it to you. Doesn't mean you had to be perfect that day. Doesn't mean that you had to say, well, I better say enough prayers leading up to this so that I can, you know, no, it doesn't say that. It says, ask the Lord for the wisdom. And then in verse six says, but let him ask what in faith. You have to believe that God is who he says he is and that he'll do what he says he'll do. Which means you can't just be like, oh Lord, I don't know if you'll give me an answer to this and I'm not sure if you're even hearing me or listening to me, but I need an answer on this. Now that's an honest prayer a lot of times and God loves an honest prayer. But if you listen to our voices and listen to what we're saying or even what we're saying in our heart, we realize that we are not positioning ourselves in faith to receive from the Lord. We have, to, we have to begin to build our faith up because he, he says, ask in faith without doubting for he who doubts is like a squirrel in the middle of the road. No, that's not what it says. He who doubts is like the wave of the sea driven, tossed to and fro, back and forth. How many of that sounds like the squirrel in the middle of the road? Right? Oh, this way. Maybe I'll go this way. Maybe I'll go this way. Oh my gosh, a car's coming. I'm not sure what to do. Freeze. Right? Boom. Verse 7 says, And let not him, let not the man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He who is double-minded is unstable in all his ways. The squirrel is unstable. And sometimes we feel and are unstable in our lives. But what does the Lord say for us to do? Look, God says, ask him for wisdom and he'll provide it. So what do we do as, as Christians, those who've accepted him and believe in him, is we pray, we hear from God, we decide, and we walk in peace. We pray, we hear from God, we decide, and then we walk in peace. Because there are so many times in our lives when we have to say, Lord, I need, there is an oncoming car, and it's coming pretty quick, and I need, Lord, your help to make a decision. And when we ask him, when we take a moment to go on a prayer walk, to go outside, to just still our minds for a second, begin to hear God's voice, not audibly, but in our hearts and in our spirit man to his to his spirit, we begin to hear his direction and his guidance for our lives. We hear from him, and then we can move. With that decision, we can move forward. And we decide, and as we've always said on, you know, many times we've talked about this, is we just begin to walk in the direction of peace. What does God have for us? Is there peace? Does that mean that that direction is easy? Does that mean that that direction or decision that he has comes, um, oh, everything's going to be warm and fuzzy no matter what happens? No, a lot of times it's not that way. But we have to be certain that we just sit back, we pray, we hear from God, we decide, and then we walk in peace. Then the second piece of this, the second piece of this is what I'll call boundaries. Now, those who know me know that I struggle a bit, don't say anything, with boundaries. I am, so I'll give you an example of how I, I struggle with boundaries. A lot of times, I'll bring my little iPhone, actually, I have an iPhone Max, it's not little at all, it's actually quite big. So I have this iPhone, and it'll be in the room with us, wherever we are. We're having some family time, and we're enjoying ourselves together. And ooh, somebody's texted me. I wonder who it is. And so I go over to the phone, and I'll pick it up, and I'll look at it. And now the boundary of me being with my family and in family time has completely been interrupted by whomever it was. It doesn't matter who it was. And, and uh, Elizabeth always asks you, she's like, oh, who's in the room with us now? And that's a fair question, because we've allowed, there's a boundary that I did not set, 
that cause this indecision, this yes and no, this back and forth, and that we have to understand that, look, there are boundaries and guardrails that we need to put up in our lives. How many of you know that to be true? How many parents know that there are times where we have to put some boundaries and guidelines on our children? Well, God shows us many times that we, too, have to have boundaries and guidelines and guardrails for our lives in different areas of our life. And I'll walk through a couple of them. And do you know why God encourages us to put those boundaries up? Because it keeps us safe. It actually keeps us safe. And there's many things, and I'll talk through a couple of these examples. But when he says your yes be yes and your no be no, he wants us to understand that we need to put up boundaries and that no, church, is an acceptable answer. Most people are like, wait, what? You mean when somebody calls, I just have to drop everything I'm doing and run to them? You mean the moment I get that text, I have to respond to it? You mean the moment someone says, will you serve in this ministry? You say, yes, 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 yes. You know, yes, there is no boundary in yes. What you're doing when you continue to say yes, you just keep opening up this boundary till there is no boundary. And we have to recognize, church, that no is actually an acceptable answer in life regarding questions. So some boundary areas, I'll just wrap this up here in a minute. Grace, if you want to come back up here. Boundary areas in our life. There are boundaries we can put up in relationships, in parenting, in our jobs, in ministry. There are many different examples, and I don't have time to go through each of these examples that I was laying out here today. But there are many examples in which we set a boundary in our life. And I talked about this one that I set when I worked at GE a while ago about saying, you know what, my family time comes first from the hours of 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. And I set a boundary at GE, and I decided I was going to leave every day, no matter what was going on at that time, and set a boundary. And that boundary actually was a witness to a bunch of other people saying that they realized and they saw that there was someone willing enough to set a boundary to move forward and put family as a priority in their life. Currently, I'm in the midst of a battle of boundaries, most of you know I'm bivocational, and being bivocational, sometimes you get bounced around a little bit between something going on at the church or something going on in, your, in the secular job and then vice versa. And I've been really good, and everyone's been really good at working with, you know, keeping the boundaries. It's Mondays at the church, Tuesdays at the job, Wednesdays at the church, Thursdays at the job. Well, because of all that contractual stuff that all doesn't mean all that I was talking about earlier... There's this sucking sound that's pulling me Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays into this other job. And I've been trying, and how many know once we start saying we've been trying, we need the Lord's help? Because once we start saying we're trying, that means we're doing it on our own. And I've asked the Lord, I need help. And so I've very, been very careful this past week to say I cannot answer that text right now. I cannot take that call back. In fact, I told the chairman of the board at our company, I'm sorry I'm not available today. He texted me at 7 a.m. Like, you're not available at all? For the entire day? That's the boundary. And there are boundaries in our life, and maybe you're, you're listening to me this morning, and you know that there are certain things that you need to put boundaries around. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a relationship at work that's not healthy. And you need to put a boundary around that this morning. Maybe you see your kids and how you're parenting right now and they just seem completely 
and we've had seasons of this where they seem completely out of, like, dude, is there any rules in this place? Do they do whatever they want, whenever they want, at any time? If you're feeling that way, it's probably time for a boundary. And kids actually love it. They're upset at you initially. She's shaking. She's, Noelle shaking. It's like, no, I don't like that boundary. Oh, but they do. They actually feel more loved when you set a boundary. That's a whole parenting class. We'll do that on another day. And there are questions we have to ask ourselves. Because many times when we're feeling the pressure, we're feeling no peace, it's because we haven't set a boundary in that area of our life. And these questions we have to ask are those, do I have peace about it? Does it fit in with my goals and priorities? Does it work for my family? Is it even healthy? These are just some of the questions we have to begin to ask ourselves as we begin to make boundaries in our life so that when we do say yes, it can be yes. And when we do say no, it can be a no. So bow your heads with me this morning. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Father, we just thank you that your word, that your faithfulness to us is yes and amen. That you are a God of your word. You're a God of truth. So, Father, we want to reflect that in our own lives. Lord, I ask this morning that you would help us to be truthful in our speech. That, Lord, the things that we say will be the things that we mean. Lord, that we would be slow to speak. Lord, that we even, as we said earlier, Lord, that we would have a kind answer to something that begins to turn away wrath. That, Lord, we would mark and watch the words that we say, for your word says there are life and death are in the power of our tongue. So, Lord, I pray that we would speak life with our words. Father, help us to be people who are faithful to follow through, to do what you've called us to go do, to follow through in the covenants and commitments that we have made. Lord, we seek you this morning. If there's anyone here who has been indecisive, who needs to have a yes or a no to a decision in their life, Father, we just release that to you now. If that's you this morning, just slip your hand up. No one's going to come around and pray for you. I just want to know that I just want to see your hand, that if that's you today, if you're in the midst of a decision-making process, I want you to know that God gives liberally all of the wisdom that we need. So, Father, you see those hands, you know those people this morning. Lord, we ask for your supernatural wisdom to be imparted to them, that they will know decidedly on which way to do, yes or no, right or left, whatever it is, Father God, that's in front of them, that you would speak to their hearts even now, that you would make clear their path and their next steps that they would feel like they're no longer the squirrel in the middle of the road, Lord, but they're safely on the side in which you called them to be on. 
And Lord, I just pray for all of us this morning that we would be able to set boundaries to protect those things which are most important and precious in our lives. Lord, in our marriages, that we would set the proper boundaries and guidelines. Lord, with our parenting, Lord, that you would strengthen us to set boundaries, healthy boundaries for our children. In our jobs, Lord, and even in ministry, Lord. So, Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for all that you're doing and working in our lives. We give you all the honor and the praise and the glory today. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, as we close, we have some prayer teams that are going to be up here. If you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, you've heard a lot about Jesus all through today. We're singing about Jesus We've talked about we did communion. If you've never just, if there's something on the inside of you that is just drawing you saying, I need to tell somebody today. I've yet to make Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior, and I want to commit to that today. There'll be people up here who will pray with you, who will lead you in that prayer and give you guidance and steps of what's next in your life. You may also come up here for prayer for any other reason. Maybe you need healing. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe you're struggling to set boundaries in some portion of your life, and you're struggling to say no when you need to be able to say no, they'll pray with you and they'll encourage you this morning. So let me send you off with this, the benediction out of Hebrews 13. It says, Therefore let us go forth to him outside the camp bearing his reproach. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek the one who is to come. Therefore by him let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name amen and amen thank you guys we love you all